One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash-switch. Forty-five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Please be advised that Gen X, this is why, contains adult language. That's like nuclear war 101, guys. Don't bomb the city you're in. Hi, and welcome to Gen X, This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media of our shared childhood. My name is Amy, and I'm a proud Gen Xer born in 1977. And I'm her sister Jenny, born in 1974. Today we're doing war games. Yay. I'm not going to lie. Timmy had to walk me through this. I don't understand what was so hard about it. He did a lot of the legwork for you, Jenny. I mean, here's the thing. The Mimi B spoke and demanded war games. Mm, I'm so angry about this. (laughs) You did this to yourself. (laughs) You totally did this to yourself. I could have been watching some Emilio Estevez, Christian Slater. Let's let's have a poll on the Mimi B's. I'm putting young guns in it. I said, fine, then I'm putting war games in it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Today we're looking at 1983's War Games. Jen? The description reads, War Games is a 1983 American Cold War science fiction techno-thriller. The film follows David Lightman, a young hacker who unwittingly accesses a U.S. military supercomputer program to predict and execute nuclear war against the Soviet Union. You said accesses again. It's accesses. Accesses. <laughs> Are you British? I don't know. You don't know what's happening? Why can't I say that word? Excesses. I don't know. You're sitting putting the wrong emphasis on the wrong, on the wrong level. level. <laughs> Accesses. There you go. Which is that's kind of funny, but anyway. All right. Because I'm working on a whole giant project at work with access management. So there you I go. I can't say it. Do you call it excess? No, I don't. Okay. All right. <laughs> so wait, wait. I got some notes. War Games was a critical and box office success. Costing $12 million to make and grossing $79 million after five months. The influential film was nominated for three Academy Awards. Screenplay, cinematography, and sound. Roger Ebert gave War Games four out of five, four out of four stars calling it, quote, an amazingly entertaining thriller and, quote, one of the best films so far of the year. What a wonderful ending. I know yeah, how much you love him. Because we all trust Robert e- <laughs> I know you Roger Ebert's fucking... cinematic uh, expertise after he panned Dead Poets Society. (laughs) I know how much you like him. Mm, He can fuck himself. It's uh, written by Lawrence Lasker and Walter Parks. Lasker wrote Sneakers in 92. Yes, he did. Eddie Dodd. It was a TV show in 91. I don't know that. Mm -mm. Do you? Mm -mm. And he produced Awakenings. So to loop this back into Rod Robert. What's his name? What's his name? Robin Williams? <laughs> no, this is going to be tough. Um, Parks was a producer on Awakenings and Sneakers, but also all the Men in Black movies. Don't you know how to integrate research? We're going to do all this up front. Yes, because okay. where else am I going to talk about this? All right. All the, all the, um, there's a whole bunch of shit I'll talk about later. There's a lot of shit for this. I have a lot of shit for this. Mm. All the Men in Black movies. He did Minority Report, which I love. I loved Minority Report. He now did... that I could understand. Okay. He okay. did The Kite Runner, which I really love that book. I, didn't oh, see I love the, movie. the book. Love the book. Guess what other movie he did, eh? Young Guns 2. No, that would be epic. That no. would be... <laughs> the Ring. Oh, fuck. So, this, so the Ring horror movie is... 
Oh my god, me and Amy are that terrified with that. Us. We were obsessed with it. It terrified us. Uh, it is directed by not John. As, not as Bath. obsessed as we were with Napoleon Dynamite, which we went to see in the theater three times. And we were, and everyone was leaving the theater, and the, like during the film, because was they thought it was so bad, and we were pissing our pants laughing. Mm-hmm, we were like the only mm-hmm. ones. Napoleon Dynamite. Love is, that movie. Oh my god! To this day, one of my favorites. No, but The Ring Amy made me go see in the theater, and when you describe that movie to someone, you're like, that sounds dumb. It sounds like a I Know What You Did Last Summer kind of film. No, like, you watch no. a videotape, and then in seven days, you, just explain that plot to someone. It sounds stupid, right? Yeah. But then you watch it, and you're like, oh well, my god. you and I talked about this. The Ring, we might have to cover this. <laughs> it's ring, 2002, it's, it's a little later, but I think I we care. might have to cover the it. The Ring encompasses... All the creepy imagery, all the creepy things. Remember, we were talking about this, the horse eye? The horse, the island. The island. New England island. The crazy old man. Yep. Hair. Like, hair. <laughs> I mean, all just scary things. Wet hair. <laughs> I The girls brought home a new friend today who scared Uh-oh. a fish. And I was like, I like this girl already. <laughs> I like this girl already. Fish, fish is so easy to run from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But okay. The, we were in the theater and... The last, what, three minutes of that movie? Two of minutes? Of The Ring? Yeah. Remember the whole theater was just screaming at the top of their lungs. Well, do you remember what I did? I took no. my friend Jen to go see it. And then I called her on the way home and I just kept going, seven days and hanging up on her. And she oh, was freaking out. right kill you. Mm-hmm. That Anyways. scared me, but not as much as... We talked about this. Pet Cemetery, Zelda. Oh, I know. Well, that, that we can cover because that's definitely... We can right cover that, leaving all the Zelda parts out. Anyway, this was directed by John Batham, which he did Short Circuit, which I also like. Oh, Blue Thunder. Masterpiece Short Circuit. Not. And Saturday Night Fever mm. to tie it back into the Bee Gees giveaway. Mm, there it's we a small go. world. Okay. It's a small world. Um, that's, all, that's all I have for my opening. All right, Jen, we opened on some trucks and a secret. I have to confess something to you. I had like a sinister idea. I wasn't going to watch it. And I was just going to print out like a s- synopsis of it. <laughs> you would have been so lost. You would but never. But then I thought you off. probably would have been really angry, and then yeah. I would have had to go watch it and waste time again. Yeah. Yep. All right. We open on some trucks and a secret base of some kind. There are some dudes <sighs> with guns, and oh my god, did you notice the brown braided oval rug, just like we had in our living room? So this is a weird, yes, I did. This okay. is a weird old-timey, like, dust storm, mm-hmm. <laughs> looks mm-hmm. like, right? And they like, they walk into, like, what looks like a house. It, it had a Fargo feel to it. But then, it, but even even the floor, like, they walk in and they're on a floor, right? And then mm-hmm. they go down and it's a big, giant base. But mm-hmm. the what what was on that floor that they were walking around on did not equal what the house looked right. like from the outside. Like, this right. isn't a common yeah. problem. Yeah. So they work for the Air Force. They're guarding nukes. They appear to be launching missiles. This did is you, how my summary is going to go. Did you catch? <laughs> did you catch? They had a sign in the hallway, like like when they go down in the elevator. So they're they're relieving somebody of duty. It sounds like they do like six or six. This is the Air Force, right? So it sounds it, like it they do like six or of, six month or twelve month re- rotations on this or something. It reminded me of Lost, how they have to go down the Dharma Initiative and just keep pressing the button. It's the Air Force. What happens so, if you don't press the button? We don't so know. these are soldiers. Mm-hmm. So they're on duty. They're 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 on duty to launch the nukes if given that command. But did you notice before they go into the room where the nu- the buttons are? Mm-hmm. There's a sign outside that says anyone urinating in this area will be discharged. Oh no, I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, what was that? Hmm. Yeah, okay. totally. So basically, they get like some launch codes, and they're told to launch the missiles. Like, there's all sorts of alarms going off and beeps going there, off. There's there's some kind of, like, two keys have to turn yep, and two yep. keys. Like it's, it's a whole it's, thing. It's, it's, it, it is not a unilateral operation. It's like two-factor authentication. Mm, kind of, sort of. Okay. This is two people have to agree yep. on the thing. So the bottom line, guys, one dude refuses and the other dude threatens to shoot him. Okay. He pulls out an old-timey gun at the nuclear There's a lot facility. of old-timey guns in here. When they go in, they're loading bullets into old-timey guns. <laughs> oh, yeah, All right, cut to, do the job. cut to some real weird circus music with a terribly happy font that doesn't match what just happened. Right. 
We're still at the base, but it looks like it's the next day, maybe. And there's some big wigs arriving. And I wrote, this is riveting. I have an index card. Okay. So You can't this... even phase me with the boredom anymore. Just go. So they're at, no, they're at NORAD. They're yes. at the NORAD base. Mm-hmm. This is combat operations. Is NORAD real? Yes. Yes, it is. It was mm-hmm. started in 1957. It is a bi-national U.S. and Canada command center that provide or command group that provides worldwide detection, validation, and warning of ballistic missile attacks. So, what it stands for is North American Aerospace Defense Command, which that doesn't make sense. I guess they're just using an R for aerospace. I don't know. <laughs> That's what it stands for. Its headquarters is in the super secure Cyan Mountain Air Force Station in Colorado. In 2018, that was the 60th anniversary. So that's what they're showing. But it used to be somewhere else, didn't it move? Yes. Well, it was somewhere before that. It was in Cheyenne Mountain. It's in Cheyenne Mountain. Well, it's it's somewhere else now, but it was in Cheyenne Mountain for a long, long time. And that's still that facility's still there, but they opened up a newer facility. Yeah. Yeah. It was built to survive a nuclear attack. It was built in the 60s into a mountain of hard granite, two thousand feet down. Hmm. And it does have those giant blast doors. Yes, it does. It was built in Colorado because it is the center of the continent. Oh, I didn't know that. See, you already learned something. Mm-hmm. Something today, more it, interesting than the movie. Today is in an alternate command center. In 2008, the military opened a bigger center in Peterson, at Peterson Air Base in Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. The threats that at the time in 2008, North Korea and Iran, were not capable of hitting Colorado. And they had limited operations in Cyan Cyan Mountain. What is it? Cheyenne Cheyenne. Mountain. Mm -hmm. Since it was expensive to run, they they kept the limited operations there. You cannot tour any of these facilities. The public cannot tour any of these facilities. Timmy and I talked a little bit about that. I have some of that in my notes. (laughs) So, yeah. So, the suits are arriving in helicopters. Never. wait. Let's back up. You do agree. Like, you have this tense standoff. One guy's pulling a gun on the other guy. Then it's like clipped to like happy music with like it was well weird it was clipped font. to the credits that was the cre- like the opening credits it was credits. just a harsh transition whatever <laughs> sorry like, you couldn't make it through okay. All right. the suits arrive in helicopters mm-hmm. not a good sign mm-hmm. now we see some kind of mission control so this is I keep calling it mission control but it's Cheyenne Mountain it's the base it looks like the entrance to Lincoln Tunnel <laughs> kind of <laughs> except does. cleaner way cleaner the tunnel was used in ET. And that tunnel was used in something else. Oh, okay. I forget. Okay. Oh, was it used in the Stephen King movie? No. No. What was that? The it, Stand? No. no. Hmm. It wasn't Stephen King. I forget what it was. All right, Jen. Lots of red words and computer images of Russia up on the screens. The bigwigs' names are Cabot and Watson, and they're from the government. And they all sit down, and they're discussing the men who refuse to launch the missiles. Right. One of these guys is Daphne Coleman. I don't know who that is. Daphne Coleman. Pause. I gotta. He's. Oh in wait, everything. you gotta pause. Why do you gotta pause if he's so famous? Because I'm gonna you can't read name something? you the ten thousand. Name something. He's name in. something right now. Designing women. Oh, you looked at. I can see you no, looking no, at no. your screen. No, no, no. Designing women. Hold on. Oh my god. Okay. Ready. Mm-hmm. He was in. Hold on. Is he the general? No. Look up Daphne Coleman. Jesus Christ. Like, I just know who he is. How could you You obviously know who don't. He is? You obviously don't. I just asked you what he was in. I want to see he's in Richie Rich, maybe. Oh, him, yeah. You he's know He's not Daphne the general, Coleman. he's the other guy. Honestly, when I saw him, I was like, he's in everything, but I can't name yes. one thing. So he's in nine to five war games. You've got the, ma- he's in Yellowstone. Yeah. Yellowstone. See, I didn't see Yellowstone, but he's yeah. No, I definitely recognize Boardwalk him Empire as, as being in everything, but I couldn't name one thing he was in. Jenny Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, but I I didn't remember what character he was in that or anything. He he's was just in, you see him all the time. Yep, he was in Barnaby Jones, which I never watched. On Golden Pond, Tootsie. All right, this is getting boring. The Muppets Take Man. <laughs> he was just in everything. No, I recognized him, but I didn't know who he was or could yeah. say what he was in. But yeah. he's been in everything. Yes. Yeah. Well, 
Jenny, what I know him from is Pound Puppies, the animated series. Okay. Okay. So Daphne <laughs> Coleman is pissed. He says some of these men would not turn the key and that's not acceptable. And his answer is that they need to take the men out of the loop. And he's like, hey, if it's nuclear war and we can't trust these dudes to launch, we're fucked. So he's basically like, let's automate this shit. Yep. He wants to replace the men with the Whopper computer. W-O-P-R. He's like, let's automate this stuff. This is basically what I've been doing for the last 10 years is automating shit. Yep. (laughs) So... The Whopper spends all of its time... This is a computer, dude. Or guys, this is a computer like the size of a room. It's like a huge mainframe. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and I, but I love the 8-bit like zone maps on mm-hmm. the screen. Mm-hmm. Like, they're hilarious. The Whopper is designed to spend all of its time thinking about World War III. It spends time playing war games and running various scenarios. And the Whopper um, is... Kind of, well, first of all, let me just say some general calls the Whopper a silicone diode. Okay. And the Whopper is, like, going to replace these men. Like, this thing will tell us when Russia is attacking and will launch missiles according to one of its... So it's AI. Yeah, it's AI. It's artificial intelligence. It's learning all the model, all the machine learning models that they put into it are all these games. For all of you on Team Amy out there who are, you know, from the humanities and might not be following this... Dude wants to replace people with computers. That's so all you need to know. So he's saying, let's replace human judgment with AI, which I agree with for literally almost everything except nuclear war, except nuclear launches, <laughs> with okay. the exception of launching missiles. It's like the only the thing we should not be doing with AI. Now we're going to cut to Seattle and Matthew Broderick is owning Galaga. Yes, he is in an arcade. Did you see what game was next to him? Next to him? No. What? How did you miss it? I missed it. It's Zaxxon. Ugh, loved Zaxxon. We loved Zaxxon. Jen, this is the movie Matthew Broderick starred in instead of starring in Family Ties as Alex P. Keaton. Oh, he made the right choice. He's mm-hmm. a giant mm-hmm. He's a giant star now. Mm-hmm. His name is David, but no, it's not. We're calling him Matthew Broderick. And he's like 12, <laughs> but he's really 20. But he looks 12. He's supposed to be 17. He's supposed to be like 17 or 18, but he's 20. 21. Okay, but at least he picked a 20-year-old and not a 29-year-old. Yep. He leaves the game in the hands of an elementary kid, an elementary school kid, because he has to go to school. Doesn't the little kid have to go to school? <laughs> I was wondering that. <laughs> oh, is he in summer school? No. No, they that's right, because the they talk about that later. Summer school. That's right, that's right. Matthew Broderick is late to class, and he's failed a science test. No one's paying attention. The teacher's pissed. Also, think, can we discuss I don't think I need what, to go through all this. What time does that arcade open? <laughs> Like 7 a.m.? So he's failed the science test. No one's paying attention. The teacher's pissed. The teacher is talking about asexual reproduction. And he's going, so who do we think thought it was a good idea to reproduce without having sex? And Matthew Broderick <laughs> says, uh, your wife? Sick burn. Mm-hmm. Sick burn. Then he gets sent to the principal's office. He gets sent to the principal's office where he finds a list of passwords. And Jen, the password is pencil. <laughs> it's fucking I- Pencil. Okay, so then we see Allie Sheedy. She's here. Yes. Pre-Breakfast Club. Yeah, this is right before Mm -hmm. the Breakfast Club. Mm -hmm. She pulls up on a moped and gives him a ride home. No helmets, and she doesn't know how to fucking drive that moped because it's all over the road. Can we discuss these mopeds? Because they are, this is like a new thing that has come back. These little, like, mopeds that have, like, basically a lawnmower engine on them. And they're all over the fucking city. And all I hear is all over the city. It's fucking annoying. Yep. They go back to Matthew Broderick's house, and he takes her up to his room. House is nice, but they have a dog, so I can't really hear much that's happening right now. And the my parents dog are, are at, she's like, aren't your parents home? He's like, no, they're at work. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yep. Okay, so he's showing her the computer, and he dials into the school's computer using the password. Again, guys, the password is pencil. Super secure security on the school. This is a peer-to-peer connection. Mm-hmm. He's, he's dialed into the school. He dials in. See, and this is where I struggle. Like, I don't understand what's happening because this is old computer stuff that I just don't know. So, Timmy well, you had know, to... you remember what modems were. I remember modems, but yeah. I don't know. He explained Don't you remember when we used to play Doom? Josh and I used to play Doom, and he would call into our... Like, we would connect yes. over the phone, yes. the computer. That. That's the same thing. It's a peer-to-peer connection. So I he... just don't know how he knows the modem number. He must have found that somewhere. 
Yeah, he must have. Because he said he's done this before. Yeah. So he dials into school's computer and changes their grades. She flips out, makes him change the grade back. He's like, no one, no teacher will ever find this out. Yes, yes, they will. And can we discuss how the persistent identifier for their their school grades is their name? Yeah. Like, no one has the same name? Like, in in four grades in the high school, no one has the same name? There's no Tom, John Smith? She had a middle initial. Oh, Lord. Okay. Back at the bunker, they're pulling chairs up. Like, they're literally taking the furniture out. So now we know they're replacing the men with computers. (laughs) I wrote, looks like Whopper's going to be running things. How could this go wrong? How could this go wrong when no one understands artificial intelligence? At Matthew Broderick's house, we meet his parents. They're real bad. Like, the mom's a Century 21 real estate agent and has the gold blazer on. Why Why is that bad, eh? They're what just, do you have against Century 21? No, I don't. They're about. just like so 80s. <laughs> the dad, oh my God, like total business dude. But can we discuss what he did? Do you remember buttering like sunbeam bread? Okay, yeah, I want to talk about that. And he, can we discuss the baller move that he did to butter his corn? I don't think it's baller. I think it's wasteful. I think it's baller. That's he brilliant. wasted a piece of bread. I would eat that piece of bread. It has butter on it. <laughs> and salt. Guys, the father butters a piece of bread, then rolls it around his corn cob. Fucking my mind was sexual. blown. That is that not is, sexual. That is the thing when re-watching this that blew my mind the most. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. Okay, so Matthew Broderick sees a pamphlet for like new computer games coming out from this company, Protovision. Mm-hmm. So he decides he's going to go up in his room and hack into ProtoVision to try to download the new games. Yep. Then we see him at an arcade and Ali Sheedy comes in and now she wants her grade changed and he's like, too late, bitch. But he had already changed it. He had already changed it. So he brings her back. He lures her back to his room. No, he doesn't really lure her. See, no. see what a word change will do there? And she's like, what is happening? Because his computer is hooked into the modem. It's just dialing and dialing so he's, and dialing. he's word dialing, which is just, you set up a, an algorithm to just keep trying numbers in a certain range, in mm-hmm. a certain area code, until they find a modem connection. I wrote, he's just hacking around a bunch of shit. Yep. He tells her he already changed the grade, and now he's shown her how to hack servers. By the way, that's kind of how the millennials all got their appointments for vaccines really quickly. Mm. It's like these little like apps that would just call like yes. hit all yeah, hit right. all these sites. They hit all you're the right. sites. Yep. Basically, the commands are look for an open appointment like on the next thirty days or something, and mm-hmm. then if you don't find one, go to the next site, and then keep and then stop when you find one. Yeah, you're right. So he's showing her that he can make plane reservations, and they make two. They reserve two tickets to Paris. Can we discuss that as one hundred and seventy two dollars to fly from Chicago to Paris? Can we discuss that I was struggling with, is Matthew Broderick cute? Am I attracted yeah, to like a 15-year-old? he's definitely cute. He's 20. Then I realized he was 21 and I felt better about myself. Yeah. But for a while I, mean, I felt like Kip Winger. I, myself today, would not want to no. date him. But I think no. he's cute. Like myself yes. in my 20s Let me or put it teens. This way. Let me put it this way. Mimi's, you're going to come for me on this. I already know it in advance. <laughs> Matthew Broderick was cuter when he was younger. Um, eh, like he's not that cute now. I don't. I don't know if I've seen him real recently. Mm, Don't love him. Okay. I mean, he didn't like you know Tom Cruise. It. No, 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 no. Tom Cruise. (laughs) We talked about this. Tom Cruise. I do not agree with, nor do I uh, (laughs) approve of his belief system in any way. Okay. (laughs) All right, so wait, hold on. So he's just trying a bunch of syntax commands. Okay, he's I got like, it. I got he's trying because he, they get a connection. So they they hit a computer. They hit a computer that's weird because it doesn't identify itself. The computer lists the games it, it plays, and it's like chess, checkers, and then global thermonuclear war. And ma- <laughs> well, ma- ma- okay, there's a couple like, things between. Oh shit! That. <laughs> there's a couple of things between that. Yeah, there's Falcon's Maze, oh. right? Falcon's Maze, Falcon's which is Maze. fake. That's fake. Okay. That's a fake thing. All right. So now Matthew Broderick and Ali Sheedy are headed to some computer place to find out what's happening. And there is an over-the-top stereotype of I don't know what this place was, and they never tell us. I don't know, but that guy who played the nerd, like, it was like, 
Do you ever see the Revenge of the Nerds movie with the yeah. nerd? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what it was. And it was bad. It was very stereotype. Mm-hmm. So they're like talking about how they can get into this through the back door. And there's a super nerd. And there's like a stoner dude. And I, I don't know what's happening. I don't even know why we have this scene. Like Matthew Broderick's basically like, I need to figure out a, the password here for this guy. Mm-hmm. And they're like, find the guy who designed it. And the super nerd is like, just play a game with it. Play the first game, Falcon's Maze. And then we see uh, Matthew Broderick doing a bunch of research in the school library on strategy for nuclear war. I don't know why he can't just write a script. Maybe this wasn't a thing yet to guess at the password, like what they used to crack this iPhone. Maybe it wasn't a thing yet. Maybe. Maybe. But but the computer does it later when it's trying to guess the codes. Yes. Yeah. So he figures out it was Stephen Falcon, who I call Faulkner throughout the entire thing. Yeah, I think I do too. <laughs> who died in 1973. You know who plays him? Yeah, John, I do. John, what's his name? John something. Who John does Wood. the voice of the computer. But you know who he is. I'm no. like, I know him. I know him. I was freaking out. I had to look it up. I know him from one of my favorite movies. Sabrina okay. with Harrison Ford, that mm-hmm. version. He's Sabrina's father. Okay, he does the voice of the computer. Yep. And now this was on IMDb. I don't know if it's true. Supposedly, his part was written with John Lennon in mind. What? Like his role? Yeah. John Lennon's like the least technology that was on imdb i don't know i don't know okay guys for those of you who don't know i'm a huge john lennon fan (laughs) there's actually a picture of him that dad drew behind amy on the wall yeah and i'm like i actually think he resembles if you look at john lennon in like november december of 80 right before he died this kind kind of resembles him if i had to pick a beetle that this guy looked at if that's a game now Mm -hmm. i think he looks like paul mccartney Mm. okay all right, so now we see Ali Sheedy running over to Matthew Broderick's house, and his fucking dog is there. She is super annoying. Like she's, she has way too much energy, and she's, she's too peppy and annoying. She's always in a leotard, or unitard. Yes, mm-hmm. and like jazzercising. Yep. She surprises Matthew Broderick in his room, and Jen, what's on his wall behind him? I don't think I noticed. Uh-oh. Charlie Chaplin poster. What is the deal? What is going on? Was that a thing in Guys, the 80s? Co- come at us. Was Charlie Chaplin a thing in teenagers' bedrooms in the 80s? If you, if, here's a challenge. If you can produce a picture of your childhood bedroom <laughs> with a Charlie Chaplin poster in it and post it on our Facebook page, I will send you swag. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shaking my head like, do not overpromise. Do not overpromise. <laughs> Okay. She says she hasn't seen him all week in school. What's up? And he's like laying on the bed shirtless. Like he could have been masturbating. He probably What is she doing? He has his own bathroom, which why do these kids, who are these kids in the 80s that have their own bathrooms? I don't know. Matthew Broderick's like, oh, I've been out of school for a week because I'm trying to figure out Falcon's password. Yeah. Okay. And he shows her a tape that he found in the library of Faulkner's work. And he designed a game that learned things, a computer that actually learns. And Ali Sheedy makes the weird comment that Faulkner's kind of hot. She says he he's amazing looking. Yeah. Which is the weirdest compliment yeah. I've ever heard. I mean, I hear it all the time. Then, then he says, then, he, then she says, he was pretty old. He was 41. I know. No, she goes, he says... Faulkner's dead. And she goes, but he wasn't very old. And Matthew Broderick goes, no, he was pretty old. He was 41. And she goes, yeah, he is old. Yeah. 41. Man. Wow. So supposedly he had a little boy who died in with his wife in a car crash. And I wrote, the password is the boy's name. Come on. Of course it is. It's Joshua. The kid doesn't even have to be dead for that to be true. It's Joshua. Okay. Matthew Broderick is like, it can't be that simple. The password the can't be that simple. The security is shit. The security is shit. Our nuclear security is protected by a super obvious password. It's a back door, Aim. Joshua's the back door. Yeah. Matthew Broderick starts playing with the computer. Okay. But instead of playing poker, Aim, what does he do? He starts speaking to the computer, and it has a super weird voice. 
And it says the very famous line, shall we play a game? And he chooses thermonuclear war. All right, so suddenly a missile command, we see a missile warning, and it looks like the Russians are sending a missile, but we know it's really Matthew Broderick and the computer playing a simulation. The systems start going nuts, and everyone's in a panic, and we switch back to Matthew Broderick and Ali Sheedy, and they're, like, down in tab and, like, shaking. They're down in tab, and they're <laughs> writing a list of what cities they want to wipe off the face wow. of the earth. And number one is Las Vegas. Las Vegas and Seattle, man. <laughs> Which... Morons. Morons. Why would you pick Seattle if you're there? That's like nuclear war 101, guys. Don't bomb the city you're in. Well, I think they think it's a game, Aim. It's like when I play like SimCity, like the the app. You Mm -hmm. know, you're always bombing the city that's named New York, of course. I guess. All right. So... There's a lot to talk about DEFCON in this movie. Which is real also. Yes. So we're moving to DEFCON 3, Jen. And we're going to start in the middle. We're going to start scrambling aircraft. I forget. Is is one piece and five wars? Five is peace. Five is peace. Okay. Okay. So Matthew Broderick's nuclear warmongering is interrupted by his dog knocking over a garbage can. (laughs) All of a sudden in Mission Control, there's someone running in screaming, This is just a simulation. And the general's like, you're not supposed to be running in here. You're going to hurt yourself. Really? He's do. like, we've been hacked. So they, they realize they've been hacked at this point. But wait, they think Russia is bombing them and he's yelling at somebody I for know. running. Okay. Do you remember getting yelled at in school for running in the hallways and stuff? Yeah. God, people are so obsessed with running. Because like, you were going to fall. Don't run anywhere. Is it because you were going to fall and sue them? Is that why they were? I don't know. Matthew Broderick is then hanging out with his parents when he sees the near-missile strike false alarm on the news. <laughs> He's like, uh, um. Now the phone in his room starts ringing. It's Ali Sheedy, and he's they're freaking out. And he's like, they're going to come and get me. I'm fucked. And she's like, no, 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 no. Just throw the number away. She does not play a good character. She says, if they were so smart, they would have found you. No, if they were so smart, they would have had better identity verification. No, she's like, they didn't, they won't trace the call. And he's like, yeah, you're of right, they won't they, trace the call. Of, of, of fucking course, course they, they will. will. That was so easy to do. Jesus yet they didn't Christ. do it because somebody got the trace. But anyway. So then he starts burning a bunch of shit. <laughs> Suddenly the phone rings and Jen, it's Whopper. <laughs> it's Joshua. And they're call. he's calling Professor Falcon. The yeah, game says is... it has 52 hours left. Then the goal will be achieved. The AI wants to wrap this up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so basically, he has to win the game in 52 hours or Russia gets bombed. And he's like, he's like, what's the goal? And the, the AI is like, to win the game. Unfortunately, he picked Russia. Right. Yeah. Right. So they want, so now the AI wants Russia to win. Why would you pick Russia? Because it's fun. It's a game. It's like playing the horde. And wow. Oh, you of are course. doing this. Okay. I like to play. <laughs> All right. Now we see Matthew Broderick at 7-Eleven. Some dudes corner him, throw him in a van, and take <laughs> him off. This so was so 80s. Take him off to This was so 80s. Like the FBI mm-hmm. rolling up and like cornering you in a, in a parking lot. <laughs> yep. Cut to mission control. And they're given a bunch of tourists a tour of the command center. And Timmy and I are like... I call bullshit Don't on that. Don't they store the nukes here? Why are we giving... <laughs> no way, No, man. no way. No way. Not in the 80s. No. Not during the Cold War. Daphne Coleman is back, and he's like, the Russians are pissed because we went on high alert. Now they're on high alert. Right, because they're like, like we're posturing because we think mm-hmm. something's happening. Mm-hmm. Now Russia's like, well, we'll posture too then. Mm-hmm. So meanwhile, the dude who alerted all of them to this is giving a presentation on how the hack happened. And who's in the room, Jen? I don't know who's in the room. The bald dude from Top Gun! Oh, yes. yes. That's who he is. Yes. I knew he looked familiar. Yes. He plays like angry commander. He's just there in all every the movie. time. <laughs> all right. So Daphne Goldman is like all confused. Like, just change the password. And they're like, we did. And the kid said the computer called him. I have an index card. Okay. This is a PSA on how to choose a secure but memorable password. Because this password business is garbage. Do not use any part of your name, spouse's name, pet's name, kid's names, street name, birthday, social security number, zip code, anniversary, graduation year, kid's birthdays, work address, etc. 
A good approach, according to the memorability and security of passwords, a book by Jeff Yan, is to pick a phrase and then take the first letter of each word of that phrase. It's memorable and just as hard to crack as a randomly generated password. Combining two unrelated words and altering some of the characters to num to numbers is a good option also. However, you don't want to like chain make obvious number changes like like three for E, zero for O, like that kind of thing. Right. A single dictionary word is bad. Wrong. Don't do it. Also, typing the password a row higher, like on the QWERTY keys, like moving your hands up a row and typing it, hackers know, look for that too. In 2013, Google released a list of the most common password types, all of which are considered very insecure. The name of a pet child, family member, or significant other, anniversary, dates, and birthdays, birthplace, favorite holiday, sports or team, and the word password. If your password is password, change it right now. We'll wait. I was going to wait until <laughs> our, half our audience woke back up. Okay. But this password business, like, this is something that has changed radically in the last, like, 10 years. Like, passwords are way better now. Like, the, the requirements for passwords. Anyway. Jen, Top Gun thinks Matthew Broderick is a spy for the Russians. Yeah, clearly. And they're putting the screws to Daphne Coleman, too. <laughs> and Daphne Coleman goes to, he's like, let me just go talk to Matthew Broderick. So he goes down, he talks to him, they're handcuffed. And then finally Matthew Broderick is like, they they know about the tickets to Paris. And they're like, why were you making? Why were you going to escape yeah. to Paris? To Paris? Because that's like the big tech capital of the world. And then Matthew Broderick's like, I think I need a lawyer. And Daphne Coleman's like, you're not getting a lawyer. Yeah. Then the phone rings. Okay. There's another DEFCON, another DEFCON 3, three. again. Yep. Uh, Matthew, Broderick, Matthew Broderick's alone in da- Daphne Coleman's office and tries to access the computer. The computer says they will reach DEFCON 1 and launch his missiles in 28 hours. These dumbasses leave him, leave Matthew Broderick alone with the terminal so mm-hmm. he can access the system again. And I just keep screaming at the TV, end program. Mm, yeah <laughs> like why can't you just type the command to yeah. end the program i well, don't understand why he can't do that i love how they unplug the computer like that's gonna work <laughs> all right so then the computer gives matthew broderick a secret address apparently falcon is still alive and living under assumed name of hume so they grab matthew broderick they try to throw him in jail he's screaming then they throw him in some nurse's office he finds a recorder this is pretty good he records the the tones of somebody entering his locked nurse's office, place them back, it unlocks the door, he escapes, and now he's crawling through the building in a vent. I have an index card. Okay. Is David a freaker? What is a freaker? This is P-H-R-E-A-K-E-R. Freakers are a cult of people who study, experiment with, or explore the telecommunication systems. This term first applied to groups who reversed engineered the system of tones used to route long-distance calls. By recreating these tones, freaks could switch calls from the phone handset, allowing free calls to be made from around the world. Electronic tone generations known as blue boxes became a staple of the freaker community. Notable members, Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak. Hmm. The blue box era came to an end, with the ever-increasing use of computerized phone systems, which discontinued the use of in-band signaling for call routing purposes. In-band is like when you're using the same Mm -hmm. signal to send all the information about the call and also the call. Once they divided those two things into um, out-of-band signals, then that was impossible to do. Okay. All right, so Matthew Broderick escapes the building with a tourist group. So then we we get a close-up of Whopper. It's pretty ominous. There's only 23 hours left. Matthew Broderick now has hitchhiked and uses a payphone. He has no money, so he rigs the phone with the pull tab he finds on the ground. That I didn't quite understand. I think he Timmy claims he did it. A bolt of electricity? I guess. It just, like... I don't know. Okay. He calls Robert Hume, but, like, he tries to call him, but, like, he can't call him because the dude's in hiding why would he have a listed fucking number yeah like of course he doesn't have a listed number so back at Allie Sheedy she's doing get in shape girl again and Matthew Broderick calls and he's like I need an airline ticket to Goose Island 
Okay. And she's not a very good partner in crime because she's just like, what's going on? Right. She's she like, to just be ride or die on ticket. this. Yes. Like, well, well, she goes, is this about my grade? Oh, my God. She does remember the part about hacking into the computer in thermonuclear war, right? And it's showing up on TV. <laughs> okay. Like, I, on the news. Okay. So, Jen, she shows up at Goose Island. Oh, and God. Of course she did. And here's my question. He's wanted by the FBI. They're searching for him, yet he gets a plane ticket in his name and gets on I a know. plane. She's like, okay. and she she's just like super clingy. I know. Like he must be going crazy by now. He has a meltdown on the ferry. They have to take a ferry to get over to Goose Island, and he has a meltdown. And then they start making out. Like, that's a weird time for that to happen. Yeah, but whatever. Is. Now there's a bunch of shots of birds. Like, do I have to see this? That's a fake bird. It's, no, so I was like, what? Why is there a pterodactyl? I'm yes. like, that looks like a pterodactyl. Yes. Like, what the fuck? Why is there a pterodactyl? Yep. Like, is this now Jurassic Park? Like, what's going on? And then we meet Falcon. Falcon, Faulkner, whatever you want to call him. What the fuck? He's annoyed with them, but Matthew Broderick whips out the Joshua knowledge. And suddenly yes. he believes. Now okay. he knows what's going on. Now it starts to get pretty interesting because Falcon is like crazy. Yes. And he, let me just say this first. Falcon is based on Stephen Hawking, right. who was approached to be in the movie, but said no, because he was afraid they would exploit his disability. Which in the 80s, they probably would And again, rumor has it they wanted John Lennon to play this role. So I don't know how those two things are connected. I don't, that, that is so strange. I don't think it's true. So cut to mission control. Wasn't John Lennon dead? He was dead, but maybe not when they wrote the script. Oh, okay. He died in 1980. So cut to Mission Control, and they're now believing the Russians are launching, and they're going to DEFCON 2. Oh, here we go. They send out planes to shoot down Russians in Alaska, but the pilots are like, dude, there's nobody no, here. Nothing here. Nothing, nothing happening. Here. Nothing to see. Back at Falcons, he's kind of nuts. And he starts telling them a story about dinosaurs, and that nature knows when to give up and start over. And he's like, extinction is part of the natural order. And Matthew There's Broderick... There's nothing natural about what's going on right now. Matthew Broderick <laughs> is like, um, can you just call them and tell them, like, it's a computer simulation and what you did? And he's like, nope. And then he goes, you missed the last ferry. You're welcome to stay and sleep on the floor. He has no extra bedrooms in that place? I know. It seemed pretty big. Okay. Another piece of trivia from IMDb. Falcon's home was built on a soundstage at MGM Studios. Most of the set pieces are from Little House on the Prairie. Get out. That's what it says. So, like, do we see do we see the porcelain doll from the mantle? I don't do know. Do we see the, the CI know. from the mantle? I don't know. Do we see um, Charles' homemade bed? Oh, now I'm going to have to go back and look. Yeah. So Matthew Broderick and Ali Sheedy decide they're going to run for it, and they go looking for a boat, because don't forget, they're stranded on this island. Well, they missed the last ferry, which was at 630, because he mentioned that in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then he's like, good night. It is, does, do you go to bed at 630? Mm-hmm. What the hell's going on? I don't know now? what's happening. He did a good day. Good day. Yeah, he kind of did. Yeah. He kind of did. Back at Mission Control, they have 45 Russian subs closing in on the U.S. and 100,000 troops amassing in East Germany. Nine hours remaining. Ali Sheedy thinks they should try to swim. Swim to the mainland. I said, let her go for it. Jenny. (laughs) They have, there's three miles. Okay. Say let her go for it. And it's so cold, you can see their breath when they're talking. Wow. Let her try. Let her go for it. Let her try. (laughs) What was that? What did that dude say about extinction? (laughs) Yeah. Darwinism. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, a helicopter... Oh, they sit down and they make out. And suddenly, a helicopter appears, and Timmy knew right away that it was Falker. I was like, oh, oh, fuck, they're caught. I thought it was it was acting very strangely, and I'm like, why? Like, unless a helicopter's shooting at you, just run into the tree line. Because, yeah. like, it can't follow you into the woods yep. easily. No, it's Falcon. It's his helicopter. He's here to save them, get them back to the mainland, and I wrote, why would you get into a helicopter with the dude who just told you he believes mass extinction is a good thing? I know. Well, I mean, they're very confused. This is a lot. This is a lot of stress for teens. They have puberty. They have nuclear annihilations. Like, the 80s were tough. Jenny, he could have been suicidal and plummeted that helicopter right into the sea. I mean, he clearly is some level suicidal. Something's He's just like, I give up. Right. Let nature take over. 
Stranger danger, man. Mission Control now moves to the dreaded DEFCON 1. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. Well, and, and let me just say, these li- they think these missiles were already launched. They have launch detection, but they don't have visual from the satellites on it. But there's like two minutes or something before it hits the first target. It's like, we'd already be dead. We're yeah. already dead. Like, forget it. So they start locking up the mountain. And meanwhile, Falcon and the kids just drive right through the gate and they run into the building, you know, because it's a secure security on this gate is like the same as the security on the fucking AI. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times Timmy was going to me. That would never happen. (laughs) (laughs) A room full of old white guys are ready to destroy the planet when the kids run in with Falcon. When they're yelling, did you get that? She's yelling, hold the door. Hold the door. I, I can never I think of that phrase ever. The Hold same door. ever again. I know. Falcon tells them this is all stimula- simulation, but like he creepily tells them. Well, first of all. Like he smugly dude, tells them. He's smug. This dude already, like did he call ahead? Like they're obviously waiting for them, like expecting them to show up. Like, I don't it's know. It's so fucking crazy. He's smug though, isn't he? He's smug. And he's like, like, he's not running in saying, guys, stop. This is a computer simulation that I programmed. Da, 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 da. It looks real. He's like, go ahead. See what you see. Like, he's weird. He's Willy Wonka-ing it. Maybe he's John <laughs> Lennon-ing it. John Lennon would be a total prick. <laughs> okay. So he's like, this is not real. Just, like, don't fall for it. Just don't worry. They're not real missiles. He goes, like, just, just ride it out. out. Tell the president to ride it out. And I feel like that is a hell of a way to prove out your hypothesis that yeah. this isn't real. Wow. And the general's like, ah, eh, fuck it. Even if one side fires something because the missiles were fucked anyway. So like, then he cares? goes, you are listening to a machine. Do the world a favor and don't act like one. Oh, boy. So the general, who clearly cannot pick up or hang up his own phone. Did you get that? <laughs> He's like, get me the present. So somebody picks up the phone, right? Hands it to him. He talks. Now he's standing right next to the phone. Mm-hmm. Instead of hanging it up, he hands it back to the guy, and the guy hangs it up. Jesus Christ. Okay. What is happening? Okay. So they just wait. They just stand around to wait and see if they're going to be annihilated. Like, they just literally stand there and wait. And then break into screams and yay when they realize they're not. Mm-hmm. And um, we're not going to die from nuclear annihilation. It was a good day in the 80s. It was a good day. But, Jen, they're trying to, like recall the missiles and bombers that they set out and the computer has locked them out yep all the passwords are changed the computer now has control of the system Mm -hmm. whopper will not let anyone back in and faulkner (laughs) faulkner (laughs) explains that joshua is trying to find the right codes to launch it himself and if he gets 10 it will launch and the general decides to take this moment to run over to Daphne Coleman and be like, see, I told you. I told you what would happen if the, if we took the men out. Is this the time? This is not helpful. Yeah. Not helpful. Well, then, is it is it Daphne Coleman who's on the phone? And they're like, I tried that. Don't you think I tried that? And you know someone told him to reboot his computer on that phone. <laughs> <laughs> or to change his password. <laughs> like, you know, they did. So, this is where I was a little confused. Matthew Broderick figures out that the computer wants to play a game. It wants to play tic-tac-toe. It does? Isn't it in no. the middle of the other game? No, no, game? no, no, no. No. What they're trying to do is they're going to force it to play tic-tac-toe because tic-tac-toe is a good learning model to understand that you, right, that you can't win. So... They're like, it could blaze through all the combinations of tic-tac-toe very quickly and realize that you can't win. And hopefully as it blazes through, because what it's starting to do is go through the scenarios for the nuclear annihilation and determining like one by one that they're not feasible. Like Mm -hmm. it has to get it to do that. So it does that by starting with tic-tac-toe. Okay. So it's running through all of the simulations of tic-tac-toe and then the computer gets the code and is ready to launch when everything seems to explode a little bit. Yeah, I don't know what that, I guess, because it was doing the codes and it was also overheated, I guess, because it was also running through the tic-tac-toe simulation. Then we see it has started launching the the missiles. Then we see it's a simulation and the computer's trying to win and it cannot and everything goes quiet and the computer starts talking to Faulkner and it tells him the only way to win this game is not to play. 
Because it seems like what happens is, and I'm not positive that this is exactly what happens, but it seems like it has the missile cold. Now it has to decide what tactic, what is the, it has to figure out what is the best strategy to use. So it starts to rip through the strategies and they keep coming out. None, 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 none. Right. Right. So it's over and everyone's relieved. And I wrote, can we please go to DEFCON 5 now? (laughs) Then the computer says, how about a nice game of chess? And the I did roll. see one of the scenarios that they were running through for the <laughs> nuclear annihilation. If you were paying attention to them at all, there's one where it's just like everyone nukes like Southeast Asia. What was that? What the fuck was that? I don't know. <laughs> like how? What, okay. So Jenny, do you think this held up? I do. I think it's great. I really liked it. I don't so fuck off. I mean, it was. I guess it was better than I thought it was. I mean, was, it's, but it's, it's actually kind of great. But actually, the premise is still is actually more relevant today than it was. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you, I I don't know, like how many things. Think about how many things we have controlled by computers right now, like our energy grids, like all kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah, I I I don't know. Like it was okay. It was alright. I didn't you hate, just hate I, this kind of shit. I didn't hate it as much as I thought I would. But mm-hmm. there's like no human element to this that what do you I could mean? get behind. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so at the end of every episode, Jenny and I look back and we talk about a theme or a lesson or some kind of uh, scar that we took from the first time we saw this that may have pl- may have impacted our generation in some way, especially us. And we call it our why, and it's designed to finish the sentence Gen X. This is why. So Jenny. What is your why for this movie? Actually, I have two. The first one is, this is why you never set up your nation's nuclear missile defense system with AI when only one person in the room understands it. Mm. Yes. And then that person leaves. Yes. (laughs) And and they made him fake his death. You you forgot about that. Yes. They had him fake his death. Yes. So, like, great idea if you want to use it, but, like, (laughs) have... Have a team of people that understand it or more people in society that understand it. Like, yes. That's really risky. Have a backup dude. Have, have an assistant manager. I think you should have more than two people. Jenny. I think it should be generally understood. Jenny, when you worked at McDonald's when you were a kid, mm-hmm. you used to close. Remember, you'd work till two in the morning? Yeah. How many sets of keys were there? How many key holders? Not one. Not one. Correct. I don't know. So don't know, McDonald's many, is more secure. Yeah. Okay. Not one. All right. And then the other one I have is this is why we thought we would all die any second. Okay. I have that too. Yeah. Well, I have it a little more nuanced than that. Okay. I wrote, Jenny, I have a question for you. When was the last time you said the phrase World War Three? Probably in the video game context. How many times did you say that or hear that when we were kids? Oh, God, all the time. All the time. Supposedly, when they stood down this Cheyenne Mountain facility, like they, it was like around 1992, they decided that the threat of nuclear annihilation was over. I don't believe that. Like, like the major, like the, well, from yeah. the, spe- specifically from, from the Soviet Union. But and we were. what was left of the Soviet Union. We were really afraid of World War Three. Like, that was, it was in the lexicon yeah. a lot when we were kids. Like, we well, talked it almost about happened. it. Yeah. I mean, the, the Cuban Missile Crisis. Oh, we're going to bring up Kennedy? Do you want to talk about Kennedy a little bit? So the Cuban Missile Crisis, when Robert Kennedy, Robert Kennedy, oh, saved boy, the country, um, you know, was a major turning point in how the government, in, in, I shouldn't say how the government, I should say in how presidents related to their general chiefs. So the chiefs were the ones who were telling Kennedy, like, Bomb them. Bomb them. Mm-hmm. The subs are coming. They bomb them. Yep, they were hawks. And Kennedy did not take the advice of his generals, and that was very, very rare. But then. that's that. But that worked how it was supposed to, because that's why the civilian is in charge of the, yes. is the top. And Robert Kennedy was brass. like, look, I'm going to backdoor this shit to Russia. I'm going to find out what's going on. And he brokered some kind of backdoor deal yeah. to cut the tensions. We were within 72 hours probably oh, I know. of nuclear war. It was bad. Yeah. It was really crazy. But I just... So it's not like this fear came from nowhere. Like, it, it's not like it was totally imagined. Like, I think the fear of... Like, I don't know. I mean, how... I just how, want to say one more thing about Kennedy. 
Um, the Cuban Missile Crisis was a response to the Bay of Pigs. The Bay of Pigs, yes. JFK got fucked over for that. Because he came into office and that plan was already going. Right. And he did sign off on it and he takes responsibility. What was that famous line he said? Victory has a thousand fathers, but defeat is an orphan. That was his, yeah. his yep. thing. <laughs> yeah. But he said, um, like, he, he listened to his generals in Bay of Pigs. It was a disaster. It's it was a, a failure. Yep. That's why he didn't listen to them in the Cuban Missile Crisis. That's yep. my JFK rant. Go on now. I forget what I was saying. Okay. But World War Three was, like, it was a looming threat over us at Right, all like, times. I don't know. By the 80s, I don't know how, like, how far away we are, were from someone pressing a button. Like, there was some stuff that happened. But we would even use it. There was, it, like, the hostage crisis and stuff, which, like, but you know. But we like would whenever... use it in our everyday, like, like you'd be like, oh, you don't want to start World War Three, like, if you were mad at somebody. Yeah. Like, we would use that term in our lexicon. Well, and part of it, too, is you had two giant superpowers. Like, like the wars before, there was, like, a, like a plethora of superpowers. There was, like, mm-hmm. two or three or, you know, like, a, like in, the, in Europe. There was two main superpowers that had all the firepower in the world to blow to destroy the entire planet. So any conflict that happened anywhere, like happened in the context of that, right? It was like, well, what side is Russia going to be on? Are they going to be on the side of the Iranians or the, you know what I mean? It's like any, any little scuffle, not that that was a little scuffle, but like any other flare up always like trace back to like what side are you on because you had this like these yeah. these dueling superpowers so it was a very it was just it just felt like there was going to be something like what happened in world war one yeah and that dude it, got shot and the whole thing it was apart. it was just really but but what i'm trying box. to say is like the phrase world war three wasn't necessarily tied to something greater we just used it all the time like it was a it became thing. it became like pop culture yes, basically. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Like an idiom. Like we just used yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Um and my second why is this is why I'm an English major. Cuz you don't hate computers? Cuz I can understand almost any book, poem, sonnet, anything. I could deconstruct it, rip it apart, analyze it, put it all back together. This shit? No clue. Why? It's a story. I knew nothing of what was happening with those computers. You didn't have to, though. No, no, no. Like I'm not saying the movie was... I'm saying, like, this shit, like, computers? No oh. clue. No clue. Technology? You no don't clue. understand systems design? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. No. Timmy really helped me through this. That's weird. That's odd to me, because it's such a logical... I don't know. It's something that comes easy to me. I think... The problem is like somebody has to really like if somebody sat down and explained it to me i get it but i don't have that prior knowledge like you have Mm. prior knowledge you're building on and accessing i never got the prior knowledge right so but why didn't you get that why didn't you pick that up just from living life with computers and stuff because you were older when these kinds of computers were happening i was still too young like, by the time I remember computers in my life, they were the, the iMacs. Really? Yes. Like, you I remember... You didn't take computer programming in, in, in grade school? No. Or in middle school? No. In middle school. Nor- oh, you didn't go to North. No. I went to South and we didn't take it. We, we learned. I learned logo. how to make a pillow and we, I, you know, made a oh, key I ring. I too. I did that, too. And I learned, learned how to cook um, an omelet. Logo and basic... On the mm-hmm. Apple IIe? No. Oh, God. I, I remember never writing basic. That. Here, here was basic. You would write... It, it was basically the forerunner to HTML, more or less, right? Like, you would write... It was a display language. And you, you would, write, would write, like, run and repeat, that no, kind that's, of stuff? No, that's like logo and syntax. This was Because like, I remember you doing that. Well, syntax is in a lot of things. But this would... Um, you would write plot... 10 15 color equals one and it would go over yeah. like 15 rows it would go down 10 and it would put a, a dot there and it would put a, like a gray dot because you said color equals there was like 11 colors to to draw like a smiley face on the screen <laughs> you would fill a whole notebook with commands yeah it was insane that was before operating systems but i don't remember that like i was too young for that I think I was... If you were doing that middle I was school, 10. I was in elementary school. I was, I was 10 or 11. I was like 6 or 7. 
But I did that all through junior. Like then we did the the like you know, the logic program. So it's like if this if this like it's you're writing an algorithm essentially. It's like if this is true, then do this. No, right? we didn't like do the, that. Now we had typing class. I it was on class. typewriters. Yeah, I had typing class. And then I remember when we went to tech ninth grade, they had a computer lab mm-hmm. with Apple computers in it. Well, it's funny because high school I almost had no computers in. Like, there was this void of it in high school for some yeah. reason. No, they had a computer lab. You could go there. But, like, and then in college, I remember they had, like, a computer lab that was, like, you know, Windows 95. Oh, Windows is so bad, man. And it was, like, AOL, and it was Bill Those early versions of Windows, like Windows. Yeah. At, what was it? N, N, N-E? There was one of them. X, there was an XP that was later. They were so fucking terrible. But man. like, they were I, so unstable. So what I'm saying is, I never got that background knowledge. I took Photoshop in art school, like when it first came. Like it was mm. new. It was like 3.0, not the CSs or anything like the yeah. new ones. It didn't have color profiles yet. So that, like, what you have now is color profiles. There's a way to keep the color consistent from like what's on the screen to like what prints out. There's something that gives it that information so that it knows what color to make it, like numerical, like the mm-hmm. formula. Mm-hmm. This um. That, that didn't have it, so you would see something on your screen. Nothing was calibrated. And you would print it out and be something completely different. <laughs> it was horrible. Like, printing was so rough in those days. It was... It was no. bad. There was some dot matrix printing in the this movie. The dot matrixes. Oh, my God. Yes. I remember those. Yep. yep. Now you those could, are you could write. Now, you used to write little programs to print out, like, all kinds of crazy drawings on them. Mm-hmm. There. But what I'm trying to explain to you is I'm not a moron... If somebody showed me how to program today, I could probably learn it. I can't believe you never had but it. But I never at any had time. that. No, I never had it. But even when, even when the Windows machine, even when the Microsoft machines were in MS DOS, like before Windows, I I learned some like very when you basic. Had, you used to run. You used, you used to at least run programs. Yeah, some DOS. very basic stuff because that yes. was all like command lines. Like you yes. had to do. So that's crazy that yeah. I'm the older one. And I had more computers than you did. All right, Jenny. So um, I, I just want to remind everyone that uh, we do have a Patreon where you can subscribe for as little as five dollars a month, support us, and here are some of the movies that we've done on uh, Patreon. And I'm saying this because our next movie we're doing on Patreon is the runner-up in this poll, which is Mannequin. Is it Mannequin? It's Mannequin. Okay. It wasn't Young Guns too, eh? What happened? No. So we've done, so if you sign up for Patreon, you get access to all our previous episodes. So we've done Die Hard, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Class Action Park, Jaws, Dracula. Dracula was great. Dracula was amazing. If you like war games, you will love Dracula. <laughs> what are friends for? Oh, we did some after school specials. What are friends front? What are friends for? Stoned and Which Mother's Mine. Then we did Back to the Future, which we loved. That was great. And we did Dead Poets Society, which I loved. Yeah, I had to sit through that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then you will be able to access Mannequin, which is our May blockbuster. And our um, May after school special is what, Jenny? Yours. Oh, no, it's Someone. Portrait of a Teenage Shoplifter. Yes, it is. My pick. That's right. Where, again, guys, the never fails to make me laugh trope of casting 30-year-olds as <laughs> high schoolers. I just, I can't get enough of that. I cannot get enough of it. You know, like, give me uh, Richard Bronson as a 18-year-old. I'm there. They're going to have 75-year-olds? <laughs> All right, so find us on Facebook, and uh, we have a Facebook group called the Mimi Bees. You can just look on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Gen X, this is why. And the Mimi Bee uh, group is pinned right to the top. We always um, update that with whatever episodes are recent, so if you want to join us there, you'll never be out of the loop, Jen. Never be out of the loop. So I did it. I did War Games. Did you like it? No. I mean, it. W- I liked it more than I thought I would. Okay. Um, but I still was was missing some knowledge. <laughs> I don't feel like you needed in depth knowledge of computers no, it, to like this. Movie. And that's why it was better than I thought it was. 
Um, what I thought would have been cool is Matthew Broderick playing the final game with him and trying to win. That's not what the game was. Right. Right. Okay. Um, but no, it was okay. It wasn't terrible. All right, guys. So uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you Acast powers the world's best podcasts here's a show that we recommend The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. On Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.